0: Uh, like I'm not a very anxious person, but like I'm I'm very anxious at night. Um so you know, like I like will always like double check locks and like make sure like windows are locked and, and all of those things. And I've never really like thought about it. And and then as I was kind of like um doing some of this work and kind of remembering back, I realized that like as a kid, um where we where we grew up was uh sort of a very like politically <laughs> unstable place. Everything from um, from rebels to tyrants to whatever, like a number of times we had to flee. We had um, family friends who came the same month as my parents did to the Philippines who were kidnapped and one of them was killed. I remember at one point, I think in middle school, finding a letter that my parents had drafted and sent to somebody at, like for safekeeping that was to us kids Kind no. of in, in yeah, mm. in uh, um, in the event of them being kidnapped or killed and and, I, and, and kind of what the, what it brought back was I realized that like I'd had this reoccurring nightmare as a child, like of people coming down from the mountains and I was like, oh shit, like oh my god, like yeah, of course I feel that way.
1: This is Kuman. This is Caleb. Welcome to Life Unwasted, a podcast where we look into our
2: past to discover our present. All right, missionary kids, I have um, something I want to ask you to do. I, Wherever you are right now, I want you to raise your hand if you've had a pet monkey or some kind of weird pet. <laughs> I had a pet monkey. We've interviewed a lot of MKs that have had pet monkeys, and it's funny, the more I talk to MKs, so many of them, so many of them have, have had um, pet monkeys, and they've all died horrible death, deaths. <laughs> As someone who had a pet monkey, I can tell you, um, uh, terrible pets. Uh, j- I'm just going to share this story really quick. I've shared it before on the podcast, but my my dad got a, a, a monkey when we were just really little, and it was on a, like a chain on a bamboo pole in the yard. It would run back and forth and we would run underneath it. His name was 2J and it would jump down on our head. And one time it bit my friend Kendra and she had like, like blood gushing all over her head from this stupid monkey. So I told this story previously on the podcast and then my brother uh, heard it and he texted my mom and my, my sister and I and said, "Hey, mom, whatever happened to to two J? Because uh, what they had told us was two J, two J had uh, we they had sold him to a furniture shop, you know, and that was the story I believed that he was a guard monkey at a furniture store. Um, but I've never seen. My brother said I've never seen a guard monkey at a furniture store. That doesn't make any sense. And my mom said I'll never tell you what happened to your monkey. And I knew what happened." I so I texted back and I said, Oh, so dad threw him in a rice sack and beat his brains out with a hammer, which is how my dad would put down. Oh, trigger warning. We're talking about pets dying on this episode, or at least I am. Uh, my dad used to take our pets, put them in a rice sack, and just beat the shit out of them with a hammer. And I'm pretty sure that's my mom will confirm it. Um, she said no comment, but I'm pretty sure that's how my monkey died anyway. <laughs> I'm going to introduce Ben. Ben has been a guest on our show previously uh season 1. Um Ben uh, you know give us a reintroduction just for all of our new listeners uh, a little bit about about your background. If you want to listen to Ben's episode uh it, we recorded it almost a year ago and um over, that, 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 over, over a year a, Over a year ago. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a really great, you know, go back and listen to it, but we're going to give you enough details to where you don't have to listen to that one before this one. So, and Ben talked about his monkey dying during that episode. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's, um, it's not a great experience or it was one, one more traumatic event in Ben's life. (laughs) So Ben, tell us about yourself, um, uh, give us the planes, trains, and automobiles of where you've been and your missionary kid experience, and then we'll just dive right in.
0: Yeah. So I I grew up in uh I grew up in the Philippines. Um my my folks moved over in like 85 when I was one um and lived on this tiny little island off the southern coast of Palawan, basically like the furthest south and the furthest west you can get um in the Philippines. And, uh, and then I, I lived there. Um, my mom's American. My dad's from, uh, this place called the Faroe Islands, like part of Denmark. And, uh, so I was, I was down there mainly, um, you know, a little, a couple years of, of furlough kind of like squeezed in and then, uh, went to faith Academy for like ninth through 12th grade. Um, came back to the States for college and, and, uh, lived abroad a little bit more, but then I've been in, in, uh, in Colorado for the last like um 12 or 13 years
2: sorry, I ended up on mute. uh so in Colorado now okay yeah yeah, yeah 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 um and you told us a little bit about your job in the in the previous one um and we were kind of connecting some of that to your your MK experience because you have a job that involves a lot of travel fair amount of danger and those sorts of things. But I guess the question I would ask is, you, you know, you, you'd reached out to, at the time of that recording, you hadn't listened to any episodes. Um, and then uh, you reached back out to us and said, Hey, I, I feel like I have a little bit more to say. I've listened to some episodes now I've been kind of processing some stuff. And so I guess I just want to throw it back to you. Um, what, you know, what's happened in the last year, Um uh, you know what? What have you been processing? Yeah.
0: So yeah, I mean, what's funny? I I listened back to that episode, uh, which is always a horrifying experience. Like, I, I've I I think I've uh up till now avoided ever having to listen back to like an interview or talk that I've given. Um, and uh, like one of the things that I I, I realized. I was really, really sort of like nervous and anxious, um, around it. And I realized that I'd never, I mean, I'd never actually like talked, uh, publicly about, um, growing up as, as, as an MK. Like I I just, it, I, I mean, for years I would tell people that like, um, my parents worked in the Philippines and I would, and that was sort of as far as I'd go and I try and avoid it. Um, and, uh, and so you know one of the things that happened when we talked before is like like i've i've had sort of like a 5 minute kind of elevator version of my childhood and i I've, I've honestly like almost not really thought about or talked about it outside of that really since like the beginning of college um mm. and so after we talked it just kind of like it kind of started to bring up some some things and, and honestly one of the main ones was like as we were talking I realized um that I, I really didn't remember hardly anything from I mean like kind of 18 and younger um almost to the point of like you know there was that sort of uh there's that scene in a lot of those like dystopian movies, especially from the nineties, like dark city or those where it's like, you know, the the people discover the very like edge of the world. Um, You know, like that you open the door and it's just a brick wall. Um, And I think that's, that's what I kind of realized. Um, Like I I had, I had the stories that I had told like a million times. um, And outside of that, there was kind of nothing. Um, And That, and that came up, you know, and and you're like, okay, that's, like, that's weird. Um, and then, uh, it was, like, my class reunion this summer as well, like, our 20th reunion, and, and that just kind of, like, really brought it up of, like, you know, just realizing, like, I mean, like, people I didn't remember, like, uh, um, it's, like, so many stories that people would have, like, about me, um, and I just had no no recollection of um and and then that so then kind of since then it's just been like you know I think processing and realizing a lot more of of uh of that and and talking to people and, and you know like I think anyone who's sort of any of my friends who've sort of done trauma work or whatever like oh yeah that's that's a like that's that, like, like I was like I don't know I think it is like I have a shitty memory and they're like that's, that's, that's not really what that is um ah. and and so that's actually been a really you know it's it's it started a really interesting thing for me of like oh like I this is this like I, I've shut almost all of this out um and and so it's just been really kind of uh like reconnecting with people, um, and, uh, like revisiting, um, you know, the few things I kind of have from that phase of life. Um, and, and kind of trying to, to, you know, starting to sort of like, um, like do like specifically kind of like, um, therapy around, around like some of that trauma and yeah. And just kind of realizing that there's this, like, I've, I've, I kind of had shut that off into a box and was like, I want, I think I just, I I wanted so much to have kind of like a fresh start Um, that uh, all of that is just kind of like blocked off.
1: Mm. You're now unpacking the box. Just in case. Are you enjoying the process so far? I mean,
0: uh, there's definitely a part of it where it's like, um, I feel, I would say there's definitely a part of it where it's like, you know, the self-protection was built for a reason. Um, and so there's definitely this little voice in my head that's like, you don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, but, uh. But it's actually, I mean, like, so far, it's actually been a really, I think, nice. I I mean, on the one hand, it's been, you know, bringing up a lot of things in terms of uh, realizing that there is a lot of sort of like shame and fear and, um, uh, you know, kind of like isolation and stuff around a lot of those memories that I think sort of like led me to, to try and sort of like pack them all away. Um, but I mean, it's also been, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's sort of been a slow process, but it's all, it, it feels I'd like, I think the idea of being able to like bring that whole part of my life more into kind of connection and relationship with who I am now feels really exciting.
2: You use the word shame.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, and when we talked about this a little bit before, um, you know, I think part of that, uh, part of that protectiveness, um, comes from, you know, sort of being like, uh, seen as a bit of like a bad kid at Faith. And I think I had, I'd built up, I'd been able to sort of like kind of build up this narrative around that, um. That was, uh, you know, a little bit more like, you know, sort of like, screw you guys. Like, you know, like, I, I don't need you. Um, and I think when I started to open that, it was like, um, realizing that that's actually, I think, like, why I distanced myself from some of that. Um, and, yeah, and, and I think that that was, you know, I mean, some of it's just like the shame of of being, like, younger but i think that also i i um uh i think also it was sort of like the um the shame of being in an environment where there was like one way that you were supposed to be right like um you were supposed to be the kid in chapel like raising their hand you were supposed to be um uh kind of like walking a certain line um you were supposed to sort of be this um i don't know, yeah this like this this missionary kid who was like uh you know like the kind of like representative for your like parents ministry like all, all of these things um and uh And I think part of like sort of separating myself from that was like, like I'd never sort of felt like I fit into those roles. Um, And yeah, just sort of like distancing myself from that felt like a way that I like, wouldn't have to sort of like feel that sense of like kind of failure or, or
2: judgment it's mm. it's super hurtful when adults like as a kid when adults regard you as uh the bad kid or a failure or you know the you use that word like it's it's super fucking hurts and i can see that reaction of like you know fuck you guys i mean it's still it's still even though you have that narrative in your head of well i guess i'm just you know separate and different it still fucking hurts to have adults treat you that way. And you were not a bad kid. <laughs> you like thinking back on on who you were, like you uh, were. What a great
0: did you kid. do
1: yeah. to be labeled as bad, really? You shared a couple stories in season one, but there was nothing bad about what you were doing. You're just being yeah. a teenager. Yeah, it,
0: exploring it's, it's actually like, you know, part of this process has been um like talking a little bit with my folks about it. Um and because I, I definitely like, I think God was very, very lucky to have, um, I didn't have a lot of the sort of like parent pressure that I think mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of MKs did. Um, and so a lot of this kind of comes back to like, like one, one set of dorm parents I had. Um, and you know, a lot of it was sort of their own, I think, like their first time being dorm parents like culture shock all of that um and uh and then you know that sort of like running into um sort of me ending up being the like kind of scapegoat for a lot of the like shenanigans that went on in the dorm um and uh but I was talking to my dad about this recently and he was, he actually like, again, this is like, I, I have very few memories of this time. And, uh, and, and like my dad had actually gone to that dorm dad, like, I don't know, like a year later or something like that. Like I'm in a different dorm. And, uh, and he was like, you need to go to my son and apologize. Um, and he's like, he's like, like, sort of like, you've hurt him uh and he's going to sort of be um like this is sort of this is something that's going to like follow him and um you need to make that right uh or else it could have like really bad consequences um and he did like but it's so interesting because in the way that i've internalized that story like the sort of shame of being seen as bad is still there, but that mm-hmm. aspect, like those those parts, weren't. Um, and and that's been part of the really interesting thing of kind of just like I don't know the stuff that I haven't, yeah, like haven't thought about in twenty years, um, and um, kind of re exploring those the. Yeah. I don't know. Like the, the narrative is actually, uh, I think like more complex and just like re-engaging with that conversation. Um, yeah, I think like so far has been, I think really healing. Um, cause I think at the time, right. Of, I don't know, being like 16, 17, like somebody saying, sorry, didn't quite make up for like, you know, like changing the way that I'd like seen myself. Um, And, uh, but then kind of like thinking back and being like, oh shit, like having, I don't know, like having a parent who sort of like sees that and stands up for you is, is huge. Um, but I, I, you know, I think at the time that I didn't really like internalize that.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, it is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Your dad did a wonderful thing for you. Yeah, those voices could do that.
2: You know, it. You made me think of a a a recent. This this happened um, uh, over the summer. I was uh, in in the car with a coworker, and um, he said something. Oh, he made a mistake, and he just like started saying like, "You fucking idiot!" He he was like swearing and like, like, really giving himself a hard time. And I stopped him and I, I just said, whose voice is that? That's not you. And he looked at me very odd and and I said, that, that's not your voice. You're not stupid. Like, who, who's saying that right now? And he blinked for a second. He said, that's my dad, you know. Mm. And, and I said, remember, and he's a parent. I'm a parent. We talk about parenting all the time. Your voice will be in your kid's head in the future. The things you say. Will be as an adult will be in their brain, and I think as missionary kids, you know, there's this whole idea of, like, when you're in the dorm, when you're in the school, you know, everyone's part of the same quote-unquote family. We use that, you know, we call each other uncle. That we called the at least in 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 uh, in the mission field in the Philippines, you called all the adults around you uncle, and all of these things like imply familial, you know, control. Um, but so growing up in that high control culture, you know, myself as a neurodivergent person, I was constantly trying to act the right way all the time. And the pieces of myself that I I had to hide, man, I buried those things really deep. You know, anything that didn't conform, I buried really deep because, you know, some of those voices of those teachers that were quite harsh <laughs> uh, for me just being myself. You Know not doing anything bad, just being myself and not conforming, they're still in my head today. And I, you know, I, I I'm not sure where I was going with that, other than you know, un- unpacking those voices and and de-shaming a lot of that stuff and finding your own voice and your own power and doing the shadow work of of finding those parts of yourself that you know people tried to destroy, you know, people tried to take from you. And you had to bury it down deep pulling those things up and, and, and finding yourself, I think is a huge part of this process and a huge part of, you know, a a life unwasted.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Are you finding
1: more about yourself, Ben, during all this process, feeling like you're becoming a more full you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think, you know, part of it is, um, uh, I mean part of it you know with kind of like going going with what Caleb was saying like there's 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 a really interesting thing which is like for those of us who are who are dorm students like those parental voices were kind of just random people who you lived with for you know a year or two um and and kind of unpacking some of that um and, and just realizing, like, even for me, like, being able to separate those voices, right? That it's not, like, one, it's not one, like, sort of parent figure, but it's just sort of different people who are, you know, they're my age. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think having a little bit more, um, I don't know, context, right? For, like, how weird of an experience, like, they would have been having as well. Um, and... And then also just like, you know, opening it back up. And um I mean, one of the things that's been, been interesting about reconnecting with like a couple of people has been like that they have stories about me that are much better than how I thought of myself at that mm-hmm. time. um Like that I sort of have this narrative, right? Like I have this sort of, I mean, this is this is part of this, like, this is one, you know, we talked last time about kind of like being an outsider. And one of the things that's been so interesting, like Kumin, I mean, because you kind of like push back on this a little bit. And one of the things that's been interesting as I've kind of reconnected with people is realizing like how many things I've completely shut out that were, um, uh, you know, also about like me being very sort of accepted in some of those spaces um and you know me like having important relationships and friendships and being kind to people and but but like I had in the this the narrative that I'd sort of like that I'd really stuck with me was the you know um you know the like the 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 more, like, judgment aspects, right? And so, like, yeah, I I could totally, like, those, even the stories that I sort of would, like, hold on to were the stories of, you know, um, like, uh, setting things on, like, setting things on fire in the dorm or, you know, um, uh, like, drinking or, you know, the weird obsession we all had with, like, smoking clove cigarettes or... Right, these these different things that were sort of like those those parts are the, are the things that and, and then the the kind of like um I don't know like the judgment around it, right? Like um and then it's it's been really interesting to talk to people who are like, oh yeah, that's not how that's not how I thought of you at all. And you're like, wait, what, really? <laughs> um and for me, a lot of it started like one of the first things that happened my freshman year. So my my where my parents were was really, really remote. Um, you know, so definitely no phones or email or anything and so um like my my freshman year and and part of my sophomore year um the only way we could communicate was like on you know like a shortwave radio so like once a week we would like talk with my parents um and I remember like like it's uh um you know I don't know like you're in a dorm and you're bored and so somehow uh we all decided that i would pierce my eyebrow um <laughs> and you know so like a safety pin goes in mm-hmm. and then the dorm parents see it and i have to like i like so like have to have a call with like a radio call with my parents that every other like missionary in a remote area is listening to cuz they have zero entertainment so like they're just listening in um and and even that, right? You're sort of like you're like you're doing kind of like dumb teenager shit. Um Yeah. But getting in trouble with your parents in like the most public way you possibly can in like the missionary world.
2: That you got in trouble for that? That was like we did that crap all the time. There oh, were yeah. those big baby diaper safety pins. People would just like stick it through their cheeks. Um and like, like just do, do random piercings and it would always get infected. It would oh, yeah, always yeah. Yep. turn into a whole thing.
0: Yeah. My, my brother mm. definitely did the like
2: nipple piercing against the, uh, I remember. I remember your brother's, n- he was in my <laughs> class. I remember those nipple piercings. And then I remember, well, wow. I, I think I remember the bloody shirts, um, because he's like <laughs> bleeding through his shirt. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, we didn't have cable television, guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you could, yeah. dorm children, dorm kids were a completely different tribe of people.
2: <laughs> what's what's interesting though is so we recorded that episode and that is a version of yourself where you had like a fixed reality of what happened. And now here you are a year later and because you've gone and gathered all this additional information and all this additional perspective, like you're in a different place. Like what's in, and please, you know, audience go, go back and listen to that episode and then compare it to what Ben's talking about now, but what's, what's changed. What's different. Um, I,
0: I really like shut off that whole part of my life. Um, I mean, here, here's this is a very weird example, but like at our class reunion, you know, like someone brings out our yearbook, and um, uh, I was like going through it, and um, and I knew that I'd like worked on the yearbook, but I like go through it and I realized that I was the like like yearbook editor in chief no memory of um uh and I told this to like Abby my wife and she's like what are you talking about like you told me that in college and so that 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 process of sort of like kind of shutting all that down I think like kind of started around that time and um and I think that like you know part of this is, is I I come from a family where like there there was like abuse on one parent's side another parent lost their their mom at like age 8 i married someone who like lost a parent um even younger and then i've worked in spaces you know where like um uh, you know everything like like people have experienced just like really 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 intense uh like violence and displacement and and I had this sort of definition of trauma that was um that was that you know that like trauma was this sort of like it was this really really high bar sort of singular event that happened um and I think just this idea that like um in, in a very weird way, just being able to be like, oh, no, like some of these things that I experienced growing up were traumatic has kind of allowed me to re-engage with them um, and to sort of like uh, think back towards it and kind of incorporate it in a way where before then it, it felt like um, like it felt sort of blocked off and difficult, but it also didn't like i could never i like there was no one thing that i could sort of point to you know like oh well like like that was horrible um uh and so i f- i feel like that's kind of like it's it's started i don't know it's, it sort of is like opened up to being like oh well like what what are these different things like what are the things that have sort of made me you know very slow to connect with new people like um what's you know just just recently like a really recent one is um uh like I've always uh like I'm not a very anxious person but like I'm I'm very anxious at night um so you know like I like will always like double check locks and like make sure like windows are locked and and all of those things um and I've never really like thought about it and and then as I was kind of like um doing some of this work and kind of remembering back i realized that like as a kid um where we where we grew up was uh sort of a very like politically unstable place like my parents worked with 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 muslims um and uh basically stuff from like southern mindanao would kind of in in the southeast philippines would sort of bleed over so you would have you know everything from um from rebels to tyrants to whatever, like kind of showing up. And a number of times we had to flee. We had um, family friends who came the same month as my parents did to the Philippines who were kidnapped and one of them was killed. Um, uh, I remember at one point, I think in middle school, finding a letter that my parents had drafted and sent to somebody at like for safekeeping that was to us kids kind no. of in... yeah Mm. in uh um in the event of them being kidnapped or killed um oh and 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 kind of what that what it brought back was I realized that like I'd had this reoccurring nightmare as a child like of people of like people coming down from the mountains and like uh us sort of like trying to flee um And I was like, oh shit, no, no wonder I double checked. And, and, you know, we lived in this, in this house that was like, you know, on stilts and there's slats in the wall and, you know, like, like it was just like the most insecure, like physical space. Um, and I was like, oh my God, like, yeah, of course I feel that way. And, uh, and I'd never, I'd never connected those things. Um, you know, the, the, like all of those little elements had always just been kind of like little anecdotes that you could like bring out at a party. Um, but I'd never thought of them in the context of something that impacted how I
2: like existed in the world now. Yeah. Yeah. There's so uh, go ahead, Q.
1: Is there any trauma? <laughs> oh, is there any other story from those days that suddenly came up as you unpacked your suitcases down memory lane
0: you know I, like recently i was with a group of friends and i i just casually was like and i are sitting around a pool um and and i was like oh like and I was joking about like near death experiences and people were like, what what are you talking about? I was like, wait, have you guys not had moments where you thought you were going to die? And they were like, not, not really. And I was like, (laughs) ah, and they're like, have you? And I I just like started (laughs) listing things off where I was like, um, and I was like, Oh, apparently that's not necessarily normal. Um, uh, Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, like one, um, uh, me and my, me and my friend, um, Ty and, and, uh, Logan, who are brothers, um, we were just like out walking, um, in Puerto Princesa, which was kind of like the, the, the city, um, in, in Palawan. And we passed, we were just in this, like, kind of really rural area of it um, on the outskirts. And we passed this, like, there was construction going on and 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 this, like, whole sort of, like, set of bushes. And um, someone had, had, like, kind of taken concrete sacks and had set up this little, like, camp there. And we were, like, you know, kind of, like, poking around. And this dude comes out of nowhere with, like, a machete and chases us. And we, like, run like we run away we run into like this kind of like field of like high grass or or something um and then just like laid down like as still as we could um for i I mean in, in in my memory it was like you know for for hours uh and just like that like um as i was kind of thinking back on this recently um I just, like, I, I, like, vividly remembered, like, like, staring up and, like, the grass just sort of, like, blowing and, like, watching the sky and just, like, sort of us, like, laying there being, like, how long do we stay here before we, like, try and run home? um. And that's one of those stories that I've told for years, but always in kind of, like, like, never felt it, if that makes sense. um. Mm you know what i mean like like had kind of turned it into uh like a crazy adventure story but it never sort of like um revisited what that actually felt like um yeah so there's 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 kind of been a number of those
2: yeah let's stick with that story for just a second like you know, cause I can see it in my mind laying there, looking up at the wind blow the cocoa and grass and just your heart is racing. Like pull that memory into the present now. Like what, it, what does that mean? Or what is, what's it like to pull that into the present and just close your eyes and think about that kid?
0: You know, I think it's, it's, uh, Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the, um, it's kind of the fear of rustling, you know, um, like not knowing if, um, yeah, not knowing if something is wind or if someone, is, if something is like a threat, um, uh. And, um, yeah, and it's not, it's not, it's not like the adult fear of like death or injury or pain. It's just like, it's like a, it's a, it's a fear that doesn't really have any context. Um, like just sort of being scared because you, you know, that something is sort of like bad, um, but not really having like an idea of what would happen.
2: Yeah, I can like feel it in my body just just thinking about that. And yeah, there's been so many memories that have come up for me where I realize in the moment, in order to just deal with the situation, you you disassociate, you know? yeah, You, you put all your... And I think we're really good at that. That is a superpower that anyone who's experienced trauma and, you know, quote unquote, overcome it or survived has, you can very quickly just shut off that, the feeling part and, you know, disassociate from what your body's experiencing and just do what you got to do to get through it. And that's a awesome skill to have. However, you know, if you never really process that stuff and feel your feelings, then, you know, you're, you're tough, but you're also brittle. And yeah. just a quick thing about trauma, you know, there's, uh, uh, a traumatic event, like you said, that's usually how we think about trauma. But little things over a long period of time, where you're hyper aware all the time, um, uh, can result in d- the development of an anxiety disorder. It can result in the development of PTSD. You know, I uh, I keep plugging Anna Clark Miller's um, uh, podcast uh, "Martyr." She wrote, she just did one on purity culture, and one of the things she talked about is this hyper awareness of, of sexuality, especially for girls in, in purity culture. And we've had a lot of uh, women come on the podcast. who talk about you just being hyper aware all the time of their body and, and showing skin and, and thinking in their head that, you know, they could cause a man to stumble and go to hell because of something that they do. And, you know, having that hyper awareness all the time and feeling like your body, your person is somehow bad, um, can result in a mental disorder for guys. It was slightly different for guys. It was, we thought every thought we had, there was a sexual one as we're going through adolescence was somehow a sin, you know? And it's like um, any child going through adolescence is, is going to have those thoughts. And so like being hyper aware all the time of how your body is sinful and you're sinful, you know, over a period of time, that can be traumatic as well and so also having a hyper awareness of the fact that your white people living in a little nipa hut in the middle of nowhere um completely vulnerable to whatever political situation happens and there were militant groups all around uh, the Philippines um that too can be traumatic even even if they never came down from the mountains you know with with machetes um it's just how did your parents
1: react, Ben, when you told them the story initially? Do you remember that conversation?
0: No, no. Um, but it's it's interesting. My my dad is a bit of a of a like um he's sort of rain man-ish when it comes to um like dates and events and um and uh and all of that and so it's actually it's it's um a few i don't know probably like 5 or 6 years ago he um like kind of did this this book as like a christmas present for all of us um and that he kind of tracked like the 25 years from like him and my mom meeting through um like me finishing faith cuz i was the youngest um and even that like that's something i never you know, it was, it was more of like a, thanks. And then put it on the bookshelf and it wasn't, it's, it's not been until kind of very recently in this process that I've, I've been kind of engaging with it. Um, and that's, that's actually been a really helpful thing. Cause even like that story, it had always just kind of existed in the ether. Like I, I had no clue what, what age I was, I was like, why were, why were we out there? Like what was going on? Um, and so it was honestly just yesterday that I kind of like read it and was like, oh, like that's like, you know, it's like, oh, like that's when I was in like fifth grade. And that was like, um, so I've been able to kind of like, with some of those things, been able to sort of like place them in time. Um, and, but, it, but within that one, like, yeah, I, I honestly, like it kind of, um, Like the the memory for the most part sort of just ends like in that field.
1: You're still in the very thick of pulling things out and organizing, sorting,
0: finding. Yeah, I mean it's it's been it's very like it's it's been really interesting because it's uh. um, It's almost like like I have sort of very specific memories that are, are typically related to like stories that I've told um and everything around it is just kind of like dark. um mm-hmm. like there's not, you know, there's not kind of like vague wisps of memory or or anything like that. um and uh, yeah, so it's it's like, um they're they're pretty. Yeah, there's not much of sort of like a timeline with space between it. It's just kind of these like single events um, and uh, that that I'm trying to sort of rebuild the world around it. Rebuild the world. Wow.
2: That's a... Yeah.
1: What is, what is like mighty task?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like rebuild the world like that. Um, what does that, what does that mean?
0: Um, I think like, uh, you know, it, honestly, it kind of goes back to like your guys' whole like tagline for this, right? Like, um, the, um, what is it, Cumin.
1: What's her tagline? Ex- oh, when we begin? Past-
0: our oh, podcast where
1: we look into our past to discover our present.
0: Yeah, like I think that, oh, that... someone
1: actually listens. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, like I think I, I remember like the first time I heard you guys talk about that. I it was like I don't know, like nostalgia or something. And yeah. I, I think as I've been thinking through this, it's it's really changed the the context of that. Where it's like, oh no, no, like I. I think part of that sort of world building is for me, it's also just about like trying to understand who I am um, and, and why I am who I am. Um, uh, And, and just giving myself, I think some of that. um, Freedom and kind of space. uh, And, and, and wanting to do, yeah. Wanting to be able to sort of, marry and connect, um, these different parts of my life
2: into, into like a more cohesive whole. Yeah. The process of integration and you're taking all the pieces of your life and stitching them back together like a quilt, because, you know, there's all these different, very distinct phases that, that you go through and you worlds that you live in. And, um, you can try and put them in a box somewhere. Um, but then you don't know why you have to check all the door locks before you go to sleep. You know, there's, there's things in the present that, that you need to wake up and understand, you know, why these parts of yourself or self are still there. You know, you, you, you mentioned, um, I think it was you, somebody mentioned, um, they were talking with, with some MKs and they said, Oh yeah, that that podcast, that life and ways podcast where, you know mk's just complain about all the shit that happened and it's like yeah we talk about traumatic stuff that happened you know we talk about people that that were shitty um but we don't name names for a reason you know we we're not here to tear down we said this from the beginning we're not here to tear down institutions we're not here to badmouth anybody i mean unless they deserve it but we 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 try not to name names for a reason because it is about our personal growth it is about our us accessing our power and, and, and waking up from a, a slumber <laughs> of just like rocketing ourselves through life, trying to fix everything by just moving fast. And, <clears throat> um, you know, it, it, we said this a few weeks ago, like the thing about um, thinking you're going to be happy the faster you move through life. That you're still you when you get there, you know, <laughs> unless you work on yourself you're never you're mm-hmm. never gonna have you're never gonna feel at home in your body you're right you're right Ben here's a thought experiment knowing
1: what you know now and in light of the work you've done in this past year rediscovering yourself let's suppose you would rewrite the good citizen how would you write it
0: um you know I I still think like, uh I still think for myself like um there's uh I don't know like I I I have I have this um this gets into sort of like maybe like art practice a little bit but like I there's sort of this line between like, um this sorry i'm gonna restart that <laughs> um oh on a,
1: for those of you listeners the good citizen is a book that ben wrote uh, a couple of years ago yeah, yeah I, I mean yeah i guess
0: we have to lead off with that What <laughs> the good citizen is <laughs> yeah so the good citizen is a, a photo book that um basically looked at like the, the um, the origins of uh basically like white power and privilege in um in like within the structures of american citizenship um and you know I, i think that part of it is like i i still think it's really important um to acknowledge that we can kind of like hold these multitudes right like we can and I think that's part of the thing is, is for me is, is has been giving myself a little bit of permission to, um to realize that, like, even though I'm in this, like, really, really privileged position, that I can still have experienced things that were difficult. Um, I think that uh, as I had sort of become more politically aware and had sort of like engaged in the world and had had. Um, you know, spent time with people who had sort of like suffered a lot of uh, kind of trauma from just systems and structures. Um, doing a lot of that work actually made it, I think, a lot more difficult to see that, like, um, mm. I had like the things that I had experienced were still difficult. I think I I had, I had done this thing where I had always put stuff on a slide, or like not on a sliding scale and sort of like a, a, very like linear scale. Right. Like, um, uh, I mean, this is a very weird, a very weird example, but like, I, I spent some time with, um, Sue Klebold who was like Dylan Klebold's mother who's Dylan was one of the, sh- the shooters in Columbine. Um, and she had this like really, really like striking silver hair. Um, and, uh, And I I like mentioned something as I was photographing her and she was like, Oh yeah, my hair was, my hair was Brown um, before the shooting. And it turned gray in like response to that trauma. Um, And, and right. So like when you have those kinds of conversations and then you've framed all of your sort of difficult childhood experiences as just kind of cocktail chatter, it was really difficult to like marry those. Um, you know to to take to see myself as having experienced anything difficult because I was always comparing it to like well like this dude got taken by the Syrian regime and tortured for like three weeks like you know what what is like um, being scared of people coming down to kidnap you, you know what I mean like and yeah. then I think it's 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 been actually like having a little bit of space from that to, um, to, to step back and be like, oh yeah, no, like that's um, like their experiences uh, can exist alongside my experiences. um, And then I can feel some of that difficulty without sort of claiming to be like the biggest victim. Um, And I think that that's even like some of the, like, as I started with some of this, some of the stuff that felt kind of like shameful was um i think like uh just just naming some of those experiences as being traumatic felt uh almost embarrassing because like i knew the Mm. context of like other people's trauma um and and it also felt like so many of the people so many of the people whose whose trauma, like I, um, sort of experienced secondhand, were were victimized by specific individuals or like systems, and so it also felt like I, I I felt for a long time like I couldn't name a difficult experience without it being an act of blaming. Yeah. Um. And uh. And so I think just like. Sort of seeing that there's um yeah, I don't know, that, that like being able to hold those things simultaneously, I think has felt um like that that's actually the aspect that's been really freeing, where it's like, oh no, like really like someone can experience something incredibly, incredibly, incredibly fucked up that would crush any person. But that doesn't mean that, you know, someone else's experience or that like my experience or your experience um, could also have been really difficult and, and kind of like leave scars. Um, it doesn't need to necessarily rise to, you know, the level of uh like there's there's not there's not like a, a jury who's out there sort of like grading your stories as to whether or not they're sort right. of like horrifying enough. And then I think that yeah. that was that for me was was something that was like. You know, I'd surrounded myself with so much of that for so long um, that that honestly, I I had whole phases where like I started doing conflict work um, and uh, it was something I was always really drawn to. And I kind of realized that part of the reason I was drawn to it was like, I, it felt like it would give you an excuse. Um, It would, it would give, it would give you, uh, right, like you have an excuse to be messed up if you've experienced those things, um, and, uh, it's, it's like an easier narrative in some ways. Um, and yeah, I think that like, I almost like wanted to experience trauma because Mm. I could never quite define for myself as like the things that I'd experienced being trauma.
1: Wow. Our conversation is, so many multiple layers. I know. It's not, we're not going to do justice to many of the topics covered in the time we are given. But let me just say I am very glad that you have finally given yourself room and space. You've given yourself grace to name your traumas and to authenticate the difficult times that you went through. and And you're still on this journey. I applaud you that you have taken a step forwards to finding your full self. That's really, I guess, the reason that we have this podcast ongoing is that we learn through our guests and our guests do the difficult work for us to help us
2: move forward as well. Here, Here's what I learned tonight. And, um, and I'm going to, guys, I'm going to tell, a a story I've told a million times, but it it's I've never I don't I've never told it on this podcast. And it for me, when you were talking about the Kogon grass and not ever feeling your feelings in that moment until recently. So you, you brought up, you know, parents possibly dying and there was a situation I was probably in fifth grade as well. Um and My I I came home from school one day and there was an ambulance there and my dad had gotten in a motorcycle accident. He had hit a goat, of course, and broken both of his legs. He got well, he broke one leg and then he got back on his motorcycle, drove it home, and then when he got home, fell down, broke his other leg. So he's got two broken legs, goes to the hospital or visiting my dad in the hospital, and it's a pretty grisly scene and I'm scared to death, you know, that my dad's going to die from infection because it was all infected and all this stuff. And then my mom had gotten Shakey's Pizza, which in in Philippines at the time, it was pretty much impossible to get um, mozzarella cheese. So this was a big deal. And so like I'm gorging myself on this Shakey's Pizza, forgetting that we were on our way to my karate test it would to go from green belt to red belt. Okay. And so me and a bunch of other missionary kids are all in the same class. We go to this dojo right after lunch and, um, we are all blindfolded. We're in stress positions. You know, we're answering questions about, uh, you know, the history of karate. And meanwhile, this our you know, master is walking around and grilling us. It wasn't the, my, the, um, uh, my master was a different guy. I know this story is going somewhere, I promise. And it's about 100 degrees in this dojo. There's no you know, air conditioning or anything like that. And um, I'm trying to concentrate, but all of a sudden I feel this urge to puke, like really bad. And it it just keeps going and going. And all of a sudden I'm just like... I, I'm taught like master I need to throw up and he doesn't understand what that means. Throw up is an American term He's like, what and he gets right in my face and and my mom from the sidelines screams masuka you know which means like barf and he jumps out of the way and I this like parquet floor that they had just rebuilt this gym, uh, the most like demonic amount of vomit. <laughs> and it's it's got chunks of of like sausage, all right, just covers this floor projectile vomit everywhere. And of course, they stop the test. I they take me to a back room. I'm crying because I've dishonored my family. My master comes in. He's giving me a hard time. And like, like, I tell that story like it's a funny story, but like like you talk like no, that fucking sucked. That was a shitty day. That was a shitty, it's a funny fuck. I've always like told that story because it's like, oh yeah. Then I threw up in the middle of my karate test, but I tell it in a funny way because like, like I thought my dad was going to die, you know, like I thought like, like that was a fucking awful, awful day. And it ended with me like, like not getting a red belt. You know, I retested later. Um, But getting yelled at for vomiting and like my mom has to clean up my vomit and I'm just totally like it was a fucking shitty day and like call to action this week, guys. Whatever those funny stories are, um, those might be your kogo and grass stories where maybe you need to look at again for a moment and just like ask yourself, have I really felt that? Have I really felt it in my body? What it was like? going through that um was it funny or did it just fucking suck you know and it can be both things it can be a funny fucking story i'm sorry i'm swearing a lot guys um uh oh, it can be a funny colors. story it can be a funny story but it can also be something that you hold for a minute and just like look at it and and feel it and understand how it pull it into the present like how does that impact my life now you know yeah so, way
0: so one one thing like that the reason that the reason for the smashing pumpkin song is uh i so i was like again the sort of funny things of of how i how you see yourself versus like how other people experience you so i was like our, our class's graduation speaker um uh me and my buddy nate were sort of brought in as not top of the class at all but just to sort of be like uh humor um and uh so I started it apparently started my graduation speech um by quoting like the world is a vampire set the drain. Um, because I thought it was funny. Um, but that's the only thing I've remembered about that. And uh um and then reconnecting with people. Um someone was like, Oh yeah, like your graduation speech, you talked about like the idea of like not leaving things unsettled or unsaid like when you would leave like that we should all sort of like deal with the difficult conversations and like memories before we graduated and left and i was like oh that's that's some that's some fucking irony right yeah (laughs) like (laughs) yeah just like the most epic preachers kid like i'm just standing up like saying like giving this advice that then not only did I not take, I just have completely blocked.
1: Mm. That's awesome. You're doing it now, Ben, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. years 20 later. 20 years, later. <laughs> it's years too, later. It's never too
2: late. Mm, Thanks for no, coming back not. on. Yeah, I love the I love Yeah, the this growth. has been I a love, blast. Yeah, that you have this previous episode and now you have this one and um, you're comparing the difference is 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 I think going to be really meaningful moving forward I it's interesting that you went back and listened to it Cumin. you and I are going to go back and listen to the what how many like 50 60 episodes that we've done so far Yeah, right right and like I, I cringe every time I hear myself talk but um you know later in life it will be I think really meaningful to come back to this moment and and hear what it was like for us um now in in 2023 you know in 2033 are we gonna we'll be different people you know we'll be different versions of ourselves yeah well guys Uh, hit us out yeah here we go smashing pumpkins All right, Q. All
1: right, on the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Go,
0: Vanguards. Go, Vanguards.
2: Vanguards.